And we're back. Welcome back to the channel, everyone. Continue on the artist series. This week, I have with me Bloody Pineapples. And joining me today, I have Toby Allen and Luke Wilson. Say hi, guys. How's it going? Hello. Bloody Pineapple started off as a result of the online URM collab smash competitions, which is write a song in the style of XYZ artist. Uh, they started accumulating members over time, and with this collection of songs, released Vulgar Display of Fruit EPs that contains at least 11 members on its recording, uh, along with a few singles afterwards and spreading to live shows, including first live show October 9th, 2021. Now working on the first full-length album, they have members all over the world, including North America, Brazil, UK, and Sweden. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Yeah, doing all right. Thank you. No problem. All right. Good stuff. Glad to have you guys on. Um, well, let's just get into some things. How does... You are two members of what I believe so far is 15 members, if I have that correct. What is... What is that like? That sounds impossible. What is communication like? What is communication? How does that even work in a band of fifteen members? It's it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got like oh, we've got a Discord which we use to try and organize ourselves. We've got like uh, ten different group chats on Facebook. It's it's Whoa. quite disorganized, but oh, like gosh. we've got like. Uh, members general chat group chat we've got album discussion group chat we've got lights group chat we've got um vocals group chat we've got drums uh, group chat we're, yeah it's kind of a bit mad <laughs> i i would imagine so so i was wondering about the logistics of it very but i figured a discord at the very least but 10 facebook goodness something like that yeah that's we, i mean we got one group chat which is just for um the writing of one song in particular because luke wrote a song and jake and i decided that there were, it kind of needed some changes and stuff and we just yeah. decided to keep that chat amongst ourselves so we have a group chat just for that you know <laughs> but sometimes that's just the easiest way just have a, a dedicated chat for each topic i mean that's, that's what we used to do for the yeah. class matches in general whatever the the topic of the month was it would just be a chat for that everyone would join post their parts one by one and then it would get combined into all the multi-tracks and sent off to mixing that sounds absolutely insane uh obviously it's you could already see some problems with communication with between 15 people communication between four five people uh has its own challenges what are some of the things what are the positives? How do you spin a positive out of those kinds of things that could just be easy to find difficulties in? Yeah. So with that, everyone kind of has their own role in the bands, but we've kind of, I guess the best way to explain it is that I think like out of all of us, like 10 of us play guitar, maybe <laughs> seven of us can also mix, but we kind of have it in sort of a, sort of a structure, not by like a tier system or anything. Yeah. But where it's like, if you have a question about guitar tone, hit up Toby. If you have a question about vocals, hit up Luke. You have a question about bass, hit up Max. And you just kind of go, kind of go down the ranks from there. We awesome. kind of had almost a captain system, didn't we, with the EP? Whereas like I was in charge of guitars, Luke was in charge of everything vocals. 
um, and like Kiko is in charge of everything synth. And if you wanted to do, if you're involved in any of those parts, then you'd have to go through them. They kind of almost like sub producing that part of the album or like Max was in charge of bass. So it might be someone else plays bass, but Max was in charge. Um, and that's kind of how it went. That's really cool to have uh, at least some kind of structure in all of this. Um, how did the thought process get started to putting, not just jumping from project to project, but just making this, just continuing to let it build on itself and turn into 15 members, you know, 11 plus members? Uh, the initial growth was came from, um, essentially, we, with, with the Collab Smash uh competition there was up to six members were able to be involved so the first uh song we had i think we had six people and then like the next a month it was like the, whoever was drumming the first month i can't do this month so we got another drummer on um and then they kind of just end up being like a permanent member but like coming in and out on different songs so like you know one song would be arturo drumming and the next song would be jake drumming um and it's but it wasn't like we had a drummer we had we essentially had two or three at one point but it's just like this person wants to be in this one and this one person wants to be in this one so it's kind of like at the start of every month okay this is the song who's on board and then if Whoever says they're on board is in. If we have anything missing, then we go into the URM group and see if we can find someone to fill the missing role. That that's, that seems pretty simple then. You know, it's just like sort of logistically, you know, you needed to fill some parts one way or another. I have a question I was actually really interested in. You put together Vulgar Display of Fruit EP based off of songs in the URM Collapse Smash. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah all so of those were competition entries. Is that sort of the same thing with the full length or is the full length just bloody pineapples, like just full on uh, these are bloody pineapple songs start to finish? Um, at least for me personally, the I think I have five songs that I contributed toward the album. Um, those I kind of went with the same style of picking artists and try to try to replicate it. Mm -hmm. So on my songs, I think I went with Oceano, Death Angel, uh, Thrown Into Exile, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, just something oh, nice. to kind of get <laughs> get a little bit out there. And then one other. But yeah, as far as, uh, as getting everybody together saying, here's what the theme is, here's what the songs have to be about, there really weren't any restrictions on that. It was, hey, we need some songs. If you have a song that you'd like to have in the album, go ahead and post a link to it. We'll have a meeting. We'll listen to the songs one by one and then pick our top favorites. We did have kind of a discussion on the kind of direction we wanted to go in in as much as we basically went through all of our, our previous songs and worked out which ones were our favorites and then said, well, the, if these are our favorites, these are the ones that people are listening to. This is kind of the style we should lean towards. And uh, we basically decided that we an album of dumb riffs and synths. <laughs> all right. You, uh, you want to explain what a dumb riff is real quick, Toby? A dumb riff is just like one of those riffs that just like, it's really simple, really basic, but just gets you and just like, you cannot help but going full gurn. Uh, just like, you know, when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, we want every song to have a kind of riff to it, you know. Um, and that was, yeah, and lots of synths. So kind of, I mean, I would say like, if you think of the riff from Holy Roller by Spirit Box, that's like a classic, classic dumb riff in mm. a good way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I get that. Uh, so that's kind of the benchmark. All right. 
<laughs> were either of you involved in the very first live show or any of the live shows since then? Yes. Could you could you tell me a bit about that? Because 15, I'm just going to keep harping on the 15 members, but more so in the fact that this is an international band. Uh, it's not uncommon to do international collaborations anymore, but what is that like a live performance of songs written by people around the world? Yeah. So what, what that looks like is with us having members kind of far and wide. Um, one of our members is named Jake. He's located in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And while we were working on the EP, he got together a group of people locally in Oregon who liked the songs, wanted to perform them. So not only did we have a recording division, but now we have a live division also. So I was able to pack up from Kansas City, fly to Oregon, do the show there, come back. But yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to to definitely meet people in person for the very least instead oh, of yeah. just like Toby. I've I've only seen you through a computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa but to, to actually have yep. the bond in person to hang out and be like oh you're real that's awesome <laughs> and then have the energy of the crowd also is it's a lot of fun and I, i'm really excited to play some of the newer songs live as well so there's that's two what... jakes in the band um one in england and one in us um so the usa one is the one luke's talking about but the other jake i was supposed to meet him last year and it kind of fell through which is a shame but i'm hoping to meet up with him in a few weeks um which will be cool uh but yeah i have like most of the guys who are over in the states never met them in person so there is kind of we would like i remember jake keeps talking uk usa jake keeps saying that he wants to try and raise some money to get a ticket for me to fly over and play a show which would be amazing but i don't know how realistic that's going to be or or how long it's going to be till we can get to that point but that would be amazing international meeting those internationals uh are it's awesome experience um is there has there been any discussions i'm sure at least at one point in time there was a discussion about getting all the members all at once has have those discussions had any legs or is it really just you know not really feasible at at any given point in time i we, we've definitely talked about it for sure but i mean it, it's just kind of been a running joke like re let's rent a mansion airbnb and set up all of our 15 studios and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as, as far as how realistic that would be um I think we, what we have right now is the good system where each of us is in our own studios and we record, communicate that way. But I, I would like to get as many people together as possible one day. And I, I, I do hope that happens soon because it'd be a lot of fun. The argument is where? Where would we all go? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. On your Kickstarter... I was actually really amazed by this. You had a pledge goal of $1,500 and you amassed $2,500 and not out of hundreds of people contributing, you had $2,500 amassed from 14 pledges. What does that say about Bloody Pineapples? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think it says we've got some super fans. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're by no stretch any kind of size or anything yet. I say yet. 
um you know if you look at our streaming numbers they're quite quite low you know but um it just seems like the people who love us absolutely love us yeah. um, and what i'm hearing from jake is that's kind of like locally when they play shows that is like everyone goes absolutely nuts and there i know he said there's a few people in his town who like they just drink up everything we put out so it's really cool <laughs> to be able to um have a few kind of people like that and be lovely if we can get a few more <laughs> that's yeah that's really cool what was the thought process behind really going for a full-length album this time as opposed to you know a couple of ep cycles or or you know single cycles why a full-length album so we we started with uh with the ep vulgar display of fruit as you know and then we kind of sprinkled out a good handful of singles after that and I think that held us over for a couple months, but then it, it just really came down to, you know, do we want to do another EP, another single, or do we want to, you know, kind of act like a professional band and do a full length album that people can put on repeat? Yeah. I think for me, it's kind of, I'm just old school from it, like from a purely self-serving selfish kind of uh, viewpoint. I only listen to albums. I don't really listen to playlists. I don't really listen to singles. If I find a band I like and I see they've only got singles, I'll be like, I don't know if I can be bothered. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm super old school. You know, I, I've got I've got records and I like putting records on. I listen to them. But if I'm listening to music, even like when I'm driving or working, I'll put uh, I'll load up like five or six albums to go back to back rather than putting a playlist on. Um, and that's just that's that's me. You know, I'm old school. I know the, a lot of people were going sort of singles, and singles are probably better for um, getting traction and stuff. And I think we are planning on doing like six singles, like um, over two weeks between each one. So like a single, then two weeks later a single, then two weeks later a single, and then the album. And so we're still kind of going a little bit that direction. But yeah, and I think also it's just kind of that. Um, impetus to actually get stuff done like if we we say we're doing 12 song album and we're going to be recording it in march then it has to get done uh, whereas if we say we're going to do a single um and it doesn't really matter about deadline or whatever then a there's not as much consistency because if you're recording all at once then they're more consistent but b because there's no deadline there's no sort of uh pressure to get something done it doesn't and that's from from my experience, at least. And that's why the collab smash worked so well, because you had like three weeks to write and record a song. And if you don't get it done in those three weeks, you don't get entered into the competition. So having that deadline and having like a real structure and a real plan makes a big difference to actually getting stuff done. Toby, you actually hit on a few things that I think are really interesting. And I'd like to ask about one of them was like the collab smash having, you know, deadlines. Do both of you and just bloody pineapples in general tend to operate pretty well on deadlines? Or do you have this gigantic backlog of songs that you don't have <laughs> finished that you just, you're just kind of sitting on? Yes. Personally, I mean, from, from, from a purely personal perspective, um, bloody pineapples is one of six projects I'm doing. Um, and I'm intending to do an album from each of those projects this year. All right. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I know that's I'm, that's absolutely absolutely crazy. I know I'm a, I'm a, a masochist. I think, but Luke is involved in this one and another one as well. Uh, and I've got um, Max who's playing bass on this album. I think he's going to be playing bass on one of the other albums I'm doing as well. So there's a little bit of uh, overlap. But um, yeah, I, I, and if I say to myself, I've got six albums I'm going to do them in a year. 
that's more likely to get done than doing an album a year without any deadlines. Yeah, so I, I kind of have the uh, kind of a combination of the two. So whenever I'm writing, I like to take as much time as I can because I, I have no control over when an idea is going to hit or sure. when inspiration is going to hit. For the song Toby mentions that I wrote and that him and Jake were making some changes, that one took me a full month to write. And that was just basic drums, bass, guitar, vocals. And we ended up adding a whole bunch of other stuff to it to where that one's probably at the, what, two and a half month mark, maybe. It's fantastic for what it's what it's going to turn out to be. But as far as like the uh, the collab smashes and the albums go, when when you have a deadline, that's when you really start to start to prioritize your days. Because like I my for my day job, I was working anywhere from sixty eight to seventy three hours a week. As soon as I would get home, or as soon as I had a weekend off or a day off, that was just nothing but music, nothing nonstop. Because if I just chose to relax, I would have missed it. And, you know, that would have put everyone else behind. I can't do that. Did you implement any sort of deadlines in the recording of this next album? Is there anything, obviously, this comes with communication, but how do you keep the album on track deadline-wise? Uh, we've got a Google Sheet. Just basically, you just, like it's got, like, across the top, it's got the different parts. So you've got, like, guitars, you've got reamps, you've got bass, vocals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and along the, down the other side is the song title. So we just literally tick them off as they're done. Um, and, yes, we had the deadline to get it done by the end of March. We know in April it's still going, but <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of gone past the deadline a little bit. But we're, we're, almost, we're almost done. We're almost done. Um, but because we're going to be now doing them as singles to begin with before the album drops, it kind of gives us a little bit more time, just means we've got to get the first single done first, basically. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the drum tracking is done. Um, Sam is now editing the drums. Um, the bass is all done, as far as I'm aware. Guitars are almost done. And how are you getting on with the vocals, Luke? You're almost done as well, aren't you? I have this one for today, and then all my parts are good. If Sorry. you really want to know, Toby, I know you have your uh, <laughs> your online one, but I've I've kind of been doing a uh, a vocal one like that. Excellent. To where? Yeah, it works as well. And if you want to look how many uh, how many lyrics you keep versus cross off, that's kind of average. Wow, <laughs> very cool. I think the last thing that I had, just like we can keep talking, just like you know, just just shooting it out and stuff. But the last mm -hmm. question that I wanted to touch on is when it comes to local bands. I think most people put the bands together in in the most grandiose way they want that to be the profession. That's like the dream, you know. That's obviously not, I don't want to say possible, but it, it can't, with an international band, it's just a little more difficult to think about. So what is, what's kind of the goal with Bloody Pineapples? I think for me, it's kind of a, um, a platform to then potentially launch off other things. Um, so like I'm doing a lot of the, the Bloody Pineapple songs I'm also putting on my YouTube channel and I'm putting out a video on YouTube every week as, again, it's another deadline thing because when I had before, <laughs> sure. when I was doing YouTube, I'd be like, I would put a video out every time I've got time to do one and it'd be like three a year and I actually have less time to do them now but because I've told myself I have to do them every week, I do them every week, they get done but quite often it'll be there's quite a few where the guitar playthroughs from Bloody Pineapple songs um, so and obviously we've we're also part of the Kickstarter. We did a drum library. Um, so when Sam did the tracking of the drums, he also sampled all the drums. And we've got 
a really awesome professional who's going to be coding that for us into a sample library. Um, so that's, I feel like that will probably net us more income than say just putting a CD out. Um, and it's kind of just using that, like the bloody pineapples is almost like an advertisement for all the other stuff we do. So like Ruben's mixing and my reamps and recording and Luke's vocal lessons and Kiko's masters and, and um, synths and stuff. So it's kind of almost a vehicle to advertise what we actually do. <clears throat> like I so said, Kiko, he's very much in the same mentality as I am with that. Cause he also sells samples and some of the samples he sells will be using in the, in the album and things as well. Like he's got some cake samples and things. And, you know, I think I mean, it's Sam, he's, he's absolutely killing it in Brazil. He's a record, like his studio, he's booking some really big artists, like from the Brazil music scene and stuff. Um, again, that's just, I, th I think he's just hoping that this will serve as a, a vehicle for him to get more work as well. Awesome. Well, let me ask you guys, what are you, what are you geeking out about these days? What's got you excited, whether it has to do with, you know, the next album, whether it has to do with Bloody Pineapples or just, you know, what's, what's around the music space in general that's got you excited? One thing for me kind of related to Bloody Pineapples is over the winter, I started to get into programming some DMX and some lighting shows. So I have a couple lights and smoke machines on the other side of the room. As we're completing the album, I'm dragging those into the software, kind of seeing what would look cool to, to represent this part of the song, what would look cool visually. So whenever I fly out for the next show, I can put those, you know, in a trunk and then we can have kind of take our show to the next level in addition to what the venue already provides, but to have it a little more a little more custom tailored to us. That's really cool. I think I remember on uh, on an intro video that you did, you were in the process of learning a couple of things, including the, the light programming and stuff. Just guitar tone, just big for me, because I just, I feel like I need to learn as much as I can and want to learn as much as I can about guitar tone and stuff. Um, I'm in a fortunate position now as well with my YouTube where I'm getting a lot of amp companies giving me amp sims to try out and review and stuff, um, as well as I've got, seven amps i think in here as well um several cabs and, and mics and i just i just love it it's just yeah i just really really enjoy it and uh that's just kind of like a a, a, a bottomless rabbit hole for me <laughs> <laughs> nice what are some of the projects that you have to keep on your plate in order to keep yourself active and uh sort of organized i don't really know that it's maybe so much of a project as much as collaboration with someone else. If you're not doing your parts, then you risk letting them down. And you know, that that's something that, that really drives me to help out as much as I can. I think for me, it's just, just recording. Um, and if I, if I'm between clients, then just recording my own stuff or covers or anything, just recording, um, just to keep me sharp and to, constantly trying to improve my skills in in any way so it's kind of like if if my studio is quiet then i kind of act like it's not um by just going full out on my own stuff because i mean like you say about backlog yeah i've got a back, bit of a backlog of stuff um I mean, some of the, the couple of the songs that i that i wrote that are on the bloody pineapples album i wrote in like 2006 and um <laughs> i just kind of tidied them up changed, put them from e standard down to drop a and um, to kind of modernize them and they're going to be on this album. So, but I've got like, still got like 
three or four hundred tabs on my computer of stuff I've written, but never actually got around to recording and stuff. So there's always something. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, always I'm, something. I'm one of those annoying people where I can just basically, I, I just sit down. I'm like, I am in writing mode now, and I will write a song. And um, it's almost annoying in a way because I don't have as much time to to write as I could, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, like, like the the Tone Forge demo I did. And for the new Toneforge Disruptor, I did a little song at the start of that. And I think I just sat down and just wrote that in like 20 minutes because I had about half an hour to write it. <laughs> 20 minutes but, versus two and a half months for me. <laughs> yeah, but the quality of what you've done is and the, the love and attention that you put into that and the emotional intent that comes out from hearing that is different because, you know, this is just like riffing for the sake of riffing just to hear an amp sim. It's not anything special, but... If I am writing something special, I'll take longer over it. But um, yeah, it's just it's just doing that. Just keep writing, keep playing, keep recording. Um, whether it is paid stuff or just from a personal, for my own benefit, or or just like recording friends um, for free if need be, and now and then. So it's just yeah, just keeping your fingers in in and keeping busy. You know what I mean? Was bloody pineapples your both both of you? Uh, was bloody pineapples your first foray into? I assume you've collaborated with artists not locally before. Uh, I think it was my third collab smash team. Bloody pineapple. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So URM would have put you in contact with, uh, I guess, just people all over the place. Yeah. I mean, the the collab teams are not like assigned. They kind of you just find people to to work with. So I done, I had done. That was like I said, bloody pineapple was my third team I'd been on for mm. collab smash. But it was just ended up after that we kind of stuck together. Whereas the others. We entered and then didn't do anything else afterwards. Hmm. Uh, and I had done some uh, session work for other people uh, internationally online as well. So I've done a little bit, but Bloody Pineapple is kind of where the floodgates opened. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for me, I mean, this is this has been like my first like band experience, first collaboration. Right. If it wasn't for URM, I would still be a kid in my bedroom with all this all these ideas, all this gear, and really, you know, kind of no traction. Sure. <laughs> Toby, uh, the way him and I met was when I first joined URM, it was every month or every every couple weeks or so, they would, they would have a post to all the members saying, you guys get so much out of URM. Go, to, go in the comments and post something that you can give to another member, whether it's like a reamp, free mastering, anything like that. I was, I think, maybe two months into URM and I'm like, I mean, I, I can give vocal lessons, I guess. And I said, yeah, I'll give first three people who respond. I'll give you an hour vocal lesson. We'll just go over anything you want. And Toby was the second person to respond. Oh, nice. And after that, we just, we just kind of kept in touch and he's like, Hey, what, uh, would you mind doing vocals on this song for us for a collab smash? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I think the team were like, we need someone who's got some really sort of nasty screaming. And I was like, I know just the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that creates more buns. <laughs> but yeah, when, we, when we've done Collab Smash, it sometimes feels a bit like I'm Danny Ocean going around trying to find all the best people to do Ocean's Eleven kind of uh, heist, but a song. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Thanks for joining me. Is there anything you want to talk up? Anything you'd like to, to mention for the very end? Well, the, the album itself, which should be dropping in the next couple of months, um, and also my YouTube channel, which is A-I-I-Z, 
studio uh, which is pronounced a to z so we've got loads of stuff with regard to like writing and recording and, and all that kind of fun stuff so if that's the kind of thing you're interested in check it out after you guys are done listening to the album come out to oregon see us do it live because it has just the same energy but you gotta you know see us not behind the screen sometimes well gents thanks for joining me this week i wish you absolutely all the best on the new album i look forward to it and looking forward to what Bloody Pineapples has outside of uh, outside of collapse, outside of uh, URM, just URM backlog. Mm. I think it's, it'd be cool to hear what you guys put out from start to finish. Well, thank you very much for having us, and it's great meeting you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see y'all.